You're listening to the MoneyWeb Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live streamed every weekday at 6.30 a.m. It's Monday, 6 February. Fortress AMB shares will be deleted from the SA REIT index from start of trade today. I'm Simon Brown coming at you live and loud from the MoneyWeb Global Headquarters in Johannesburg, South Africa. On the show today, Nukunza Sunlam Private Wealth, US job starter. Yo, I mean, just uh, incredible numbers. And then commodities collapsed in a heap as a result. Uh, David Fraser from Peregrine on why they sold Thungela uh, and how they're positioned for the rest of the year. And then Christy Fulon, uh, PwC, on the economic outlook for 2020. Inflation rates GDP. This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Morning headlines for MoneyWeb. Two major coal projects announced uh, last week. Thungela buying a thermal coal project in Australia, $4.1 billion, And Cairn Coal announces a 1.2 million ton a year mine in Impumalanga. Business Day, MTN affirms faith in future of Ghana's economy after tax bill U-turn. Uh, the telecon operator off the hook for a huge tax fine after extensive engagements with Ghanaian authorities. Morning markets. Uh, US was red. S&P down a percent, Nasdaq off 1.8 percent. Asia is uh, green, Sydney's up half, Turkey is up 1.1 percent. Commodities very red. Gold, 1,886. Brent, $80.14 a barrel. Platinum, 982. And palladium, 1,615. Rand, 1749. Bitcoin, 22,900. Tencent is down. 2.7% 2.7% in the Hong Kong lunch break. And top 40 opening call, 280 points to the red. That's a little over a third of a percent. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Tony now with uh, Nick Kunza from Sunland Private Wealth. Uh, Nick, I appreciate the time. Uh, w- one of the themes of last year was just rampantly strong U.S. unemployment. Friday's data, I mean, unemployment rate in the U.S. is now 3.4, lowest since 1969. Non-farm payrolls was 517,000 versus an expected 185,000. It, it is just, it is massively strong. Uh, the, 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 the numbers are staggering. Yeah, morning, Simon. And, and that's exactly right. I mean, you, you quote to the numbers, they were an absolute blowout. Um, I mean, there's no other way to put it. I mean, staggering. I saw some of the headlines coming in. Uh, and, and also, I think, Simon, making a little bit of a mockery of, of some people referring to the recessions already here and mm-hmm. uh, the slowdowns happening. I mean, completely changes that uh, that commentary to 180 degrees. And I think also puts the, the ball firmly back in, um, in, in the court of the Federal Reserve because question marks now, I mean, should have been half a percent interest rate rise yeah. and not a quarter because this uh, the, the jobless market, as you said, blazing hot at the moment. And that, I mean, that was, I mean, certainly we, we, we saw some selling in, in the U.S., although there had been a monster Thursday, uh, mm. so that may be mm. moot. But commodities just got, got nailed. I mean, is, is, that, is, is that the worry there? I think, I think the worry is this dollar now comes back strong. I mean, the dollar had been softening a little bit. I mean, I mean, I saw some headlines about. Uh, well, if you look, if you look at the, the traders' reports and the open interest, I mean, a lot of a lot of um, traders positioning themselves for a rate cut uh, at the end of the yeah. year. I mean, I can't see how that's going to be. So, if we've got a stronger dollar here, uh, yields are probably going to tick higher, and these commodities are going to be under pressure. But just because of that rampant dollar, because on the other side of the coin, I mean, there's still definitely uh, supply chain constraints. There's still uh, uh, there's not enough copper in the London. Med- exchange warehouse etc so i think coppers i mean i think uh, 
you know, commodities still has its place, but it's going to really a lot of headwinds here with the stronger dollar, which I expect is going to continue. Yeah, yeah, we, we did. I mean, what, uh, two days last week uh, from 101 mm. to 103 in that index. That's a big move for the yeah. index in, in, in just a couple of days. A, a, a quick question. Uh, some news mm. uh, late on Friday. Signia, uh, current CEO out, uh, Magda Vidiska back. A, a big story, but a non-story in my sense. I mean, uh, she is the founder and, and, you know, maybe the question is why did David leave? But the bigger question is there is continuity. Yeah, listen, I mean, it kind of, as you said, sneaked through on, on the wires late on Friday. But yeah, David Houghton, you know, he's, it was a little bit surprising. I mean, it, it certainly wasn't uh, on the forecast. Uh, but Machta coming back, I think, is, is you know, continuity. And, uh, you know, it, it's very little to read into it. I mean, there was only a few headlines, I mean, a lot mm-hmm. of speculation. But I mean, I just did a quick look uh, late on Friday when the news broke. I mean, the stock is a little bit of an underperformer, I guess. It should be a proxy to the market. It's only up about 2%. Uh, you know, against an index which is up, you know, close to double digits. Uh, so maybe, just maybe, there's a little bit, was a little bit of a push there. I don't know, pure speculation. But, uh, yeah, I need to say back in safe hands. So, you know, I don't think it's anything to be too worried about if you're a shareholder. And I take your point on that. Same as Coronation. If markets are rising, mm. just, I mean, whatever their orm is, that goes up a bit and they get a little more fees. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that's typically. I mean, I'm in. I mean, I'm sitting in the seat right here. I mean, that's our game. I mean, as you know, the markets go up, you you do generate more fees out of it. But uh, you should be in line with the proxy of the market. Though yeah. saying that, that whole sector has a little bit a uh, squeeze on the fees, and the margins have been compressing over time. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. Uh, we'll leave that there. Nikunza Sunlam Private Wealth always appreciate the early morning insights. Your money gives a damn. If it could protest and sign petitions, your money would. But your money can do more than that. When you invest in Stanlib's Infrastructure Investment Fund, beyond getting solid returns, you are helping to build a more sustainable future through job creation and positive economic growth. Damn right you are. Invest for more impact at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. MoneyWeb now. On the money. Turning now with David Fraser, Executive Chairman at Peregrine Capital. Uh, David, appreciate your early morning time. Chatting with Thungela, I chatted with your colleague last year, Jacques Conradi, around Thungela um, and, and, and uh, how you cut the position, but then when the war broke out in Ukraine, you had added to it. Uh, in, in, your, in, your, in your letter that came out uh, just a week or so back, you're saying actually you've taken the money on, on Thungela at above 300. What was the logic for exiting? Morning, Simon, and morning to your listeners. Um, look, I, I think obviously the share had had a fantastic run. Um, you know, we, we monitored in a, a lot of different moving parts in Tungela. One is the exchange rate, and mm. obviously more importantly is the, the coal price and the forward coal curves. Um, and then obviously the performance of Transnet as well. Um, I think since we initiated the position um, right after its listing in, in 2021, I think we've continued to decrease our coal volume um, exported because of the issues of Transnet. So I think certainly over 300, once we banked the, the final dividend of 60 Rand uh, in September last year, we just felt that the sort of risk-reward profile was, was, was sort of, uh, running out of uh, running out of space and we decided to exit our position. I mean, we still think it's a, a fantastic company and probably one of the better-run companies in South Africa. I think if we... Um, look at what management teams in South Africa have to deal with. Um, I don't think we give enough credit to our management teams. I think we mm. have a lot of fantastic <laughs> management teams who have to deal with 
so many circumstances that perhaps other Western companies don't have to deal with, you know, particularly external to their business, whether it's Eskom or water challenges or municipal challenges or, in this case, um, transfer challenges. I, I want to touch on, on managers in a moment because I agree with you. I think we have some of the best in the world and, 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 and lots of them, to be quite frank. But, but quickly on the Thungela, I mean, one of the key things is that the discipline, and, and it's, it's, it's actually something that's surprisingly hard to do. I, I, certainly in my experience, you've got a stock. It's done beautifully well for you. It's, it's, I mean, I, I can't even run the numbers. What's it, a 15-bagger, a 20-bagger in, in, in like you know, a year and some change? It's that discipline to say, you know what, we like the stock. It's a great business, but yo, this price is stretched and time to take some money. Look, I, I think that, you know, we, we got into Tungela very early. You know, I think our first buy was around 28 rand. I think since then we had 78 rand out in dividends already, and obviously you know, mm-hmm. at 300, as, as you say, it was just a, uh, an incredible performer. But I do think that that, 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 that you can't overstay the welcome. Um, you know, we did play the, 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 the coal situation well. We had an unforeseen uplift from the, the, the Russian invasion of Ukraine, which obviously gave coal prices a, a significantly higher impetus. Um, and really on the back of that, um, you know, we felt that, that, that things would somewhat normalize. Um, and, and again, you know, we have a model that we run and, and we have a target price. And once it reaches that target price, if, if nothing else changes, then, you know, we do have to have the discipline to sort of exit the positions. You know, we, we, we think Tungela is a great company. We know it well. We understand it well. Mm-hmm. You know, interesting deal they did on Friday. And, you know, never say never. I mean, perhaps we'll be... We'll be back in this one if, if, if our valuation screen tells us that it, that it screens well again. So I think, um, you know, again, discipline is important in investments, and particularly you can never fall in love with the stock. Um, you know, I think once your model tells you that, that, that given the current circumstances, uh, it's reached fair value. And in our portfolios, we really don't try and hold a lot of things that are at fair value. We'd rather you yeah, know, keep yeah. a portfolio of, of, of shares that continue to show upside and, and we'd rather be in cash waiting for opportunities than hold shares that we think are, are kind of fair value. Yeah, no, I, I take your point on that. And the, the Australian deal, I'm going backwards and forwards on it, but it, it, it looks like a well-priced deal um, and it looks like a fairly good payback period. And I know a lot of folks say Australia is a graveyard for South African stocks, but we've done some good deals here. Supergroup springs to mind. Let's change track to, to outsurance because outsurance in many ways was kind of like a Thungela in that Thungela suddenly arrived in the market out of Anglo. Uh, sort of outsurance suddenly arrived in the market as as other bits sort of exited the, 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 the holding and then changed their name in December but also done uh, uh, really well as the, as the market kind of adjusts to what's actually a really good operation. Yes, I think that we, we've tracked outsurance for many, many years. Obviously, it, it was a, a part of the mix before then, but obviously not a visible part of the mix. So, you know, we'd, had, we'd done some work on outsurance even when it was just a, an investment in that stable rather than the main focus. Mm-hmm. So um, it certainly was a company that we'd done ongoing work on for many, many years and understood that this... This company's track record was absolutely exemplary in the, in, the South African, in the South African market. We have a very motivated and incentivized management team that have a, a significant stake in their business. And certainly our understanding was that they were probably the best executors in this market. So we were excited to see it coming and or effectively being sort of reshaped as being a core listing itself. Mm. And again, we... We, we, we positioned our funds to take advantage of that. We, we thought the market would like it once it saw it, once it understood it. But again, you know, the insurance road is a long road. I mean, we probably analyzed the company for certainly six or seven years and certainly knew, knew a lot about it before it, 
it sort of exposed itself um, as a separate listed entity. And I think that's what it's about. It's about, you know, doing work before everybody else, understanding companies before everyone else, and, and perhaps even meeting the management team so you understand what these businesses are and what they have achieved. So, I mean, I think that's another situation. And obviously, as a hedge fund, we can synthesize, you know, buying Archer and Archer's rump even before it was separately listed by effectively mm. shorting out some of the underlying um, other businesses in the, in the mix. I mean, again, that was something that we did very successfully last year. And our insurance remains a, a, a position in our fund right now, so we, we are excited about their outlook and excited about their execution. A, a quick last question, back to management. As you say, we have some great management teams in South Africa. Load shedding is really, really tough, although I suspect that for a lot of perhaps our, our listed stocks, perhaps, it, I mean, easier than it is for the mom and pops, but, you know, I, I look at ShopRite spending half a billion on, on diesel, and my first question is the logistics behind that. We've got great managers in South Africa. Yeah, I, I mean, I think this is the big challenge right, right now. I mean, I think the underlying we're excited about the south african market we think that that, that, uh, but for load shedding i think everybody was ready to get off to the races this Mm -hmm. year i think we do have great management teams and again very modest valuations but you know the management teams have got to adjust to this new normal certainly our base case is that we are going to have you know i don't think it's level two but between level four and level six probably for the next 18 months we have five out of the 12 brand new power stations that are out of commission for the next 12 to 18 months, which is just, you know, uh, we've spent probably more than $400 billion on these two power stations, and five out of the 12 mm-hmm. units are out for the next 12 to 18 months. You just can't make this stuff up. So the management teams are going to have to adapt to this new normal. Unfortunately, what it means is a, is, is a pretty increased, uh, significant increased cost that yeah. I think is going to have to be passed on to, to consumers and customers. And again, it's going to test these business models whether there, 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 there is an ability to recover this cost, um, cost through, through increased pricing, which unfortunately is going to lead to perhaps another wave of, of, of almost structural inflation in South Africa. Now, it's more of a supply shock rather than a demand pull. So one would hope that the Reserve Bank would, would, would look at that carefully and understand the dynamics between that and, again, not punish us by high interest rates because of the structural, um, you know, issue that we've got to all sort of, sort of adjust. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be about the ability of companies to recover this increased cost, which I think is semi-structural, certainly for the next 18 months, um, from, 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 from their pricing power. The good companies, the companies that have got relevant products will be able to do this. And there's a lot of companies that don't. I mean, just talking to, for example, Udata last week who performed incredibly well, had a, a very strong set of results. Um, again, they said that they, they just see a lot of competition falling over, a lot of smaller businesses falling over. So I think, unfortunately, bigger will become better. And I, I think they, they're the companies that have the ability um, and the cash flows to put in the sort of structural um, generators and, and whatever they need to cope with this problem. But again, it just says it's, it's, it certainly is not easy being a South African manager and there's so much more thrown at you than there is in the rest of the world. And I, I think hats off to a lot of our resilient um, management teams out there. I don't think we give them enough credit. Certainly, we are sit behind a desk playing with numbers. I mean, 
these are real issues that they've got to deal with and real frustrations. So, yeah, I take um, your point. It, it's tough. It's always been tough, but perhaps it's tougher than usual. David Fraser, Executive Chairman of Peregrine Capital, appreciate the time. And our question today on our LinkedIn and Twitter is around from Gela. Have you sold? Are you are you buying for the dividends? Perhaps you're holding. Perhaps you're holding, but a little bit worried. Have your vote. Have your say. LinkedIn and Twitter. There's no postponing the inevitable. Your money knew this day would come. And you know what? It can hardly wait to start giving some back to you. When you invest in Stanlib's fixed income funds, you can retire earning a regular income off your investments. Invest for more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now on the money. Chatting now with uh, Christy Fullen, uh, economist at PwC. They've just published their South African Economic Outlook Report for 2023. Christy, I appreciate the time. I, I, I'm not sure how much you heard at the, at the end of that last conversation around concerns, perhaps around inflation. You, your report certainly suggesting, I mean, in, inflation's a little bit sticky in the way down, but indications are that it does seem to have peaked locally. Yes, so the good news is definitely on the, the monthly number peaked last year, mm-hmm. and it's slowly going down at this stage. Definitely not dropping quickly, uh, but we do know that there's a downward trend. There will be a little bit of base effect. So it's likely that by the end of this year, we could be back to the, the middle of that target point that the Reserve Bank likes. Uh, so there's a bit of good news. And with that comes obviously the point that interest rates probably also peaking as well. Uh, it could be that we've already reached the peak. And um, and we could be a little bit bold to say maybe by the end of this year, we could see interest rates start coming down just a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But that obviously depends on, as the Reserve Bank always says, it depends on the data. Uh, It depends how the numbers get through. Um, And we know big influences from fuel prices, the exchange rate and so on. So those are just, you know, a certain set of scenarios for this year. But there's definitely some good news on the horizon from that perspective. Yeah, because last year was a tough year for those with any form of debt. But I take your point. A little bit sticky in the inflation. But if we get back at that range, I mean, if we get to the mid, which is what, the 4.5%, some rate cuts would be great. The other big issue in South Africa is unemployment. And and, and truthfully, it's, it's, it's been a good news story in that we have been creating jobs. It remains a bad news story in that... Unemployment is still amazingly high. Yes. I mean, last year was actually a good year for employment. We created more than a million jobs, which is just, well, most of them probably just also coming back from the COVID situation. Mm -hmm. But still, uh, the jobs went up and the unemployment rate started coming down. Uh, But realistically speaking, this year we're probably going to see significantly slower economic growth. Uh, And that means that fewer jobs will be created. So the the risk is that we get towards next year and the unemployment rate starts rising again. And that it's a simple mathematic equation. Our econ- economy is not going to grow fast enough to absorb all the people that join the labor market. So we've got this challenge that not only is our unemployment rate still amongst the highest in the world, but the long-term outlook is that we, at, at this slow pace of economic growth, can't really do much to bring it down further. And that obviously carries all kinds of social challenges and risks. Uh, so that is a point of concern. We're happy about the inflation, but the unemployment is still very much high on the list of, of big challenges.
And, and the other challenge then, of course, is is that GDP growth. Um, we saw Saab cut it quite aggressively in the back of of of, of load shedding. Um, and and I mean expectations. I mean you're looking at 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 1.7 percent for 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 2023. Our GDP growth is just not firing, even though there is some perhaps good news on the inflation and and rate space. Yes, I mean we'd we'd love to see fast economic growth. At the moment, our biggest challenge remains load shedding. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably challenge number one, two, three, four, and five <laughs> at this stage, and it's, it's just weighing on business confidence and consumer confidence. Now, admittedly, the the economy is showing a little bit of resilience, and by that I mean that big corporates, uh, wealthy households, they mm-hmm. they're busy with alternative energy sources like solar power and generators and so on. So we know that when the power goes off, a lot of people actually go to the shops because the shopping malls are open. So there is this little bit of resilience being built into, uh, and we know that there's been some numbers of late from MoneyWeb as well showing several thousand megawatts of installed solar capacity. So that's actually helping us avoid several levels or several stages of load shedding. So again, a little bit of good news, but it is the majority of the country that can't afford this, and it's yeah. especially the small businesses that need to create jobs that, that simply cannot afford these alternative energy sources. Yeah, that's it, and that may be to the point of my previous guest as well. The big companies can manage it, but it's the it's the smaller businesses and, 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 and it's the, the poorer folks, probably unemployed, who are going to really struggle. Chris Kufelin, uh, economist at PwC, always appreciate the early morning insight. <laughs> That's it for today. Friday, we were chatting with Derek Janssen von Rendsburg uh, from Anchor, talking the Anglo-American, the Kumba updates. And the question we asked is, do you prefer diversified or single commodity miners? And there was an even split between the options, uh, between some preferred diversified for lower risk, uh, others preferring single for better return, a bit of both, or even some of you saying no miners for you. But no clear standout from that Friday poll. Have your vote, have your say, Twitter and LinkedIn. This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. We're live every weekday morning. The MoneyWeb website's in the app, 6.30 a.m. podcast, just after 7. Thanks to my team, Eddie, Nobochle, Nicole, to you for listening, my guests for their early morning. My name is Simon Brown. This is MoneyWeb Now. We'll chat again tomorrow. Debt report shows consumers being responsible. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast, posted every weekday at 7 a.m. on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now, on the money.